Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Tuesday, June 14th, 2022, and this is day 1548 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you and honor you and praise you above all others. Thank you so much, my Lord, for being our Abba Father, for protecting us and keeping us safe from all harm and danger, for loving us even when we may not feel lovable, for giving us your peace that passes all understanding, even through the storms of life, even when it seems hopeless, you are with us and you give us the strength to endure. I thank you, Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so very much for tuning in. It may sound a little echoey today and yesterday. I'm kind of in the bathroom doing the podcast today. I'm in a hotel <laughs> uh, doing in St. Louis today doing the trainings, but um, God is good, right? He'll, uh, he'll always make a way for me to do and for all of us to do what he's called us to do. So uh, today's message is unintentional vindictiveness. Unintentional. You know, uh, we're going to be coming out of Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. I don't have notes like I usually do because the Lord just gave me uh, this message this morning, like around, oh, around 5 a.m. <laughs> so I am uh, blessed because it also has blessed me. Anytime God does that, you know, anytime I even share a message, it's usually something that I need to deal with in my heart uh, first before I could share with anyone else. And this is something I had to deal with several years ago. And uh, so I, I, I'm just being obedient to God and sharing because God knows what we need, right? I don't know. He knows. So Romans 12, starting at verse 9, this is Paul speaking. And he says, love must be sincere Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. This is an amazing list of things that, if you know, this is one of my favorite uh, passages here in Romans 12, I, the whole chapter. Um, but just, you know, we can meditate on this for days upon days and, and literally uh, it changes our life and so that we're acting and becoming more like Christ, less like our worldly ways that we used to have. Um, so he says in verse 14, bless those who persecute you, 
Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not. Now, this is, you know, this is like the culminating piece here uh, to me. It, he says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Because I feel like if we're doing all the other things that he already mentioned, first of all, this is love and action, right? This is the um, subcategory listing in my Bible that is called love in action. And we can say we love people all day long, but if we're not showing these uh, attributes, and we're not uh, depicting this at all, then we need to go back and ask God to show us areas where we need to improve and truly do it. Uh, so we do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Mm, let me read that one again, okay? <laughs> do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. This is so powerful because the way we are formed and the way we think is more so uh, eye for an eye. I'm going to get you because of what you did for me. And I was reading something this morning and it um, and Gandhi, a quote from Gandhi was, if everyone took an eye for an eye, the world would be blind. We would not be able to see. No one would be able to see because, you know, everyone is taking revenge. And, and that's really what's happening in the world today. And, and then my commentary says, heaping coals on, someone head, on someone's head means, um, what does that mean, heaping burning coals on someone's head? This may refer to an Egyptian tradition of carrying a pan of burning charcoal on one's head as a public act of repentance. So by referring to this proverb, Paul was saying that we should treat our enemies with kindness so that they will become ashamed and turn from their sins. The best way to get rid of enemies is to turn them into friends. Interesting, right? Uh, so verse 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So it really sums it all up because if we decide we want to overcome evil with evil, we're going to try to pay someone back in the same way they harmed us. You know, and so often we get hurt by other people's words, by 
organizations that have taken from us or you know I was talking to a friend who's you know lived been living in this beautiful home her and her family in a neighborhood right in the city that where they redid all the houses and and um, someone else uh, took over the management or bought the bought the management of that uh, of the houses there in several houses like on two blocks in Kansas City and uh, they raised their rent uh, astronomically like by five hundred dollars and th this housing development was intended for working people that are you know that uh, are working and, and uh, trying to do better for themselves and are were able to you know get and qualify for these beautiful homes and this company came in and now they're trying to squeeze them out and redeveloping they saw something good and and it, and when she told me about it the, I burned up inside with anger and wanted to do something to them myself and the Lord had to deal with my heart on that I said pray for them and I talked to her later and uh, maybe a month later she was on my mind and we talked and she said oh yeah um you know we worked out something I'm like praise God and I'm telling you She's a praying woman of God, and oh my gosh, her mother is as well. So let me go to my definition that I did write down about vindictiveness. So the question I ask is, why are some of us so vindictive? The characteristics are usually jealousy, insecurities, and negative thoughts. Vindictive people experience this drive because of their insecurities and low self-esteem. And so just think about that for a minute, you know, and being honest with yourself. Like, am I being vindictive unintentionally? Am I trying to cause harm because someone may have caused harm to me or as my pastor was saying Sunday, someone uh, trying to, you know, harm my child or my grandchild. Someone on her block said something out of line to her grandchild. And the first thing she wanted to do, uh, not that she was jealous or insecure, but based upon what someone said or did, just, you know, triggered uh, that natural response as a human being to get them back or to go and and put them straight. So hers wasn't more vindictiveness. Hers was more, I need to go and have a word with her because of what she said to my grandchild. And she said, as she ran out of her house barefoot, <laughs> I love Pastor Cynthia just lays it all out, right? So she's running, getting ready to go down the street runs out of her house barefoot and she said as she was going the holy spirit said something like uh be careful what you're getting ready to do or say basically are you going to glorify me and with what you're going to do or say and she said that just kind of rang out she could just hear that in her her ears and she stopped you know is this and i can't remember the exact words that she said but basically it's saying is this going to glorify god in what I'm going to do or say, is that going to glorify God? And she walked back to her house and prayed. 
and prayed over the area where her grandchildren were and prayed over the neighbors, all that. And see, that is the key. When we recognize it, doing something different about it, other than our natural inclination of bringing harm on that person or giving them a piece of our mind while we're angry. There was this young man that's, that's like a son to me and my husband, and uh, he shares his story uh, about what he went through as a testimonial. Uh, and he and his siblings, there were eight of them, uh, were all given away uh, by their mom uh, either put in foster homes or given up for adoption uh, because of her addictions uh, when she was young. And that created a lot of animosity towards their mom. Uh, and he said he, he didn't want to ever see her again. Uh, many of them just did not want to talk to her anymore because of the hardship they endured in many of the foster homes. Some of them had a good life and some didn't. They were all split up. And he served some time in prison and uh, he stayed in touch with me. He said <laughs> he called me after getting out and he had been in prison, I don't know, maybe five years or so. And he said he knew he, knew he could reach me. He had my same number from way back then. And he used to be in my Sunday school class years ago. And he said, I reached out to you uh, Sister Jackie, because I knew I could, I could reach you. I could find you. And he did. And he started coming to our church at the church I was going to at that time. And um, he said one of the things he had purposed in his heart was, first of all, he had forgiven his mother and he wanted to bring his whole family together. He, he wanted to, to rebuild the relationship with his mother. And uh, he while he was at the church that was his main focus and he did he didn't have a car yet and uh, his mom at the time now was in a nursing home uh, so many things had happened to her body because of drug use and different things and um, so he reached out to her and what invited her to church and she's in a wheelchair and he asked if we could pick her up and we would pick him up and then picked her up and and there was this beautiful bond taking place right before our eyes. He was taking care of her. Hey, mom, you okay? And making sure she had a something, a blanket over her lap while she was sitting in her wheelchair at church. And, and just to see this beautiful peace in his life and this glow in his eyes, he was so happy. And then the next step was getting his other siblings together. And he had invited many of them to the church and they would come. And his goal was to bring about healing and reconciliation to his family who had been so hurt. And many of them were unintentionally being vindictive. I honestly don't think it was on purpose. Many times it's because we're hurt uh, and we have low self-esteem in a certain area of our lives uh, because of something that has happened to us. And the remedy that God gives us is to bless those who hurt us. Uh, don't repay evil for evil. 
As a matter of fact, if the enemy, whoever that is that the enemy is using, if they're hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. We overcome evil with good. I was reading this article. Uh, it was Pastor Dean Johnson. I was Googling uh, vindictiveness and he had written something about it. And uh, he was sharing a story about a lady that went to his church and how whenever people treat her bad uh, and try to be vindictive towards her uh, at work or wherever, he said what she would do is go to like Panera Bread and buy one of those big chocolate chip cookies the next day and give it to them, put it on their desk or whatever, and how that would change everything. Isn't that powerful? You know, it hurts, but we need to make sure that we don't stoop to the same level as the world does. We now need to shift and change our mindset to be like Christ. And it's totally the opposite of the world's way. I'll tell you an area in my life, and I've shared this with you several times about the unforgiveness that I had towards my father. I was unintentionally being vindictive to him, towards him for what he did not do for us as children. Uh, from the time I was seven years old after they divorced, there's five of us, and, and he chose to move on and not even really do anything for us uh, as a father would do. He did not send child support and nothing. He, he did not call or reach out to see how we were doing. He started a new family, my two sisters who I love and care about. Uh, but for a little while there, I was, you know, when we were kids, I was jealous because they were getting everything that we weren't getting. They were even braces on their teeth, going to college, all those things. And we struggled just to have a meal every day. And uh, so once I came to know the Lord, I was able to get past that. It took me a while. I got past the envy and the, you know, uh, jealousy, all those kind of things of my younger siblings who got things that I felt we deserved that we didn't get it. All of us could have gotten it. I didn't, I didn't mind them getting it, but why couldn't we get it too? <laughs> That's how I felt, being honest with you. And the Lord really dealt with my heart on, it, on that, that I am trying to be God, basically, and uh, usurp this punishment upon my father by being unforgiving towards him. And I finally got it, and I did something about it. I forgave him. And you know how you know that you have truly forgiven. And there were many other things that happened that I won't go into all of that. I've gone into it in the past, but just due to time's sake. Um, but whenever you, when you'll know that you've truly gotten past it and forgiven and truly love unconditionally that person that hurt you, when you hear their name brought up and you don't go to that same old, evil thought about them. You see them in a different light now. Because see, when we forgive, many times people will say, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget it. Well, we're leaving room for evil still when we say that. Because you want to forget it. God forgets our sins. He said, I've forgiven you as far as the East is from the West. So He's he doesn't remember it anymore. He doesn't hold it against us. So why should we hold it against someone else? 
by saying, I'm not going to forget it. When you speak those words that you won't forget it, you won't. But you don't want to harbor any of that. So it's best to forget it. Let it go. Move on. You know, I'm, and I know it takes time, you know, most times. And it does really hurt. We have real emotions. But God is saying, trust me. When we have faith in him, then we can get past it. We cannot do it on our own. <laughs> I could not do that on my own. Now I hear my father's name. I love him. I don't, my mind doesn't go back to that. And if it does, it's not in a negative way anymore. It's more of, this is a testimony. This is something that's going to help others. You know, God says, you know, use our testimonies to help others. And one thing God showed me, he said, I've blessed you. You were able to see your own three children grow up with their father because you chose to make a difference by not, uh, you know, when you get, there are going to be certainly times where you, you know, may need to divorce. But one of the things that I said I would not do is divorce, uh, you know, because I saw the harm and hurt it brought up on me as a child. And it was a struggle. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> there was a lot of struggle. And I did bring up the word divorce more than once. But we stuck it out. Tomorrow will be our 44th year anniversary. And God blessed us. And our children, here's what God showed me. Because I never heard the word daddy in my house after the age of seven. And God said, Look at what you've seen, what I've allowed you to be a part of and to help mold and shape your children to be able to have this fruitful life uh, and, and love through their parents, from their parents. And he said, how often did you hear the word daddy? How often did you see fatherhood in action? I got to see it in action under my own roof with my husband and the interaction with the kids. And even today, my kids are, you know, my oldest is 43 and 40, my middle child and my youngest is 37 or 38. They call, Daddy, how do I get here? Daddy, how do I fix this? Daddy, what should I, you know, where should I buy this part and do this? And, and he's like, no, here's what you do, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's just constant blessing because of the love of God and how he blessed me. He saw fit to bless me in this way. And it's just ongoing. It just never stops. <laughs> and if we begin to see it from God's perspective, then we can see the blessings. You know, if I want to see it from the world's perspective, I would never notice that as a blessing. And it brings me great joy. And the fact that I still can show the love of God and true love to my own father. Oh, now what about you? God didn't give me this early this morning for nothing. <laughs> and he, he knows what we need. I don't. He does though. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the ultimate. That's how you get to this point. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org. J-A-C-K-I-E-D, like boy, U-Y-C-K-S, ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org. Check out what we're doing in the community and be a partner with us. We're working with youth, teaching them workforce skills, life skills, entrepreneurship development, and peer mediation. And uh, coming this fall, look forward uh, to some trainings and understanding about human trafficking slash sex trafficking. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.